0: Hey Anna, remember that time Mussolini caused a house fire in West Virginia?
1: Hello, and welcome to Remember That Time
0: in Historical Podcast.
1: I am your host, Anna Webb.
0: And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out on all their favorite moments in history. Welcome.
1: Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. It's another
0: one. It's another one. And I can already tell you this one's going to be late. So sorry. (laughs) I forgot what week it was. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's been one of those weeks. I've been... um, not sleeping much because i take the olympics very seriously Uh uh-huh um and so i've been like logging on to work every day by the time you're listening to this the olympics will be over they end the day after we record this but Mm. um i am a little bit of an olympic geek and so i would like log into work every morning and be like guys olympic update i've been awake since four like (laughs) guess what happened in gymnastics today nobody cares but i like have to get it out you know, so that's where I've been mm-hmm. mentally. And uh, I have been traveling.
0: And yeah. so time is meaningless.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But here we are. We're here. We're doing the pod.
0: And I would love a drink update.
1: I'm drinking some red wine, baby. Just the classics over here.
0: It I'm hits. drinking some. I'm drinking some water. Also oh my the gosh. classics.
1: Wow. We're nothing if not consistent in uh-huh. this regard. Yeah. Not in, not in some others.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, speaking of consistency, this week we are doing an unsolved mystery because uh-huh. when I can't decide what to do, I just pick an unsolved mystery mm-hmm. I am interested in. So, just like this one's pro- might get a little sad, just gonna let you know right off the bat, mm-hmm. this one might get a little sad. <laughs> but yeah. I find the case to be very interesting. Um, we are talking about the disappearance of the Solder children today. So, oh, let's do it. And this one, this one is so interesting to me because it happened in West Virginia. Yeah. And normally things that happen in West Virginia, I, I learn about because they happened in West Virginia. But like I learned about this completely separate from its existence in West Virginia. So yeah,
1: like, I, every time something like that happens, um, I, I, I don't know, it must be like a very uniquely West Virginia experience yeah. to learn something about your state that you did not learn about like. From because. a very young age yeah. or, you know, it like when you happen upon something that occurred in West Virginia, it's like,
0: oh, in yeah. West Virginia? I'm from there. I learned about <laughs> this because it was on the first season of BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah. The first nice. season. It was in like the first handful of cases that they did for the true crime season. Yes. Which is wild to me.
1: Yeah. I, it's like a weird... <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like a celebrity going to your high school. Like, like, you know, people who went to high school with celebrities, like, I went to school with them. Yeah. I remember them in school. It's like that. It's like, yeah, I'm from there. Mm -hmm. And I'm from West Virginia because nothing ever happens in West Virginia. So when you happen upon something that occurred there, it's like, wow. Um, Wow. We're so famous. All of a sudden. Oh, my God. West
0: (laughs) Virginia. Anyway. So... Let's learn about the Sauter family. Let's do it. So George Sauter is actually born as uh, Giorgio Sudo in Italy Mm. in 1895. Um, And when he's 13 years old, he immigrates to the United States with his older brother. And as soon as they get to Ellis Island, his brother turns around and goes home. (sighs) So he goes on that whole journey. And then as soon as they get to Ellis Island, he turns around and goes back.
1: What? Just because he didn't want to be there?
0: I don't know. I could not find anything. Girl,
1: you said. barely seen it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, leaves- I don't blame you, but, like, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah. He leaves George alone in the what? United States That's at 13 hilarious. years old. Um, and through the rest of his life, George never really talks much about why he left Italy And we will do a little bit of speculation about that later in the episode. Um, But he starts working on the railroads in Pennsylvania. Um, At first, he's just like carrying water and supplies for the workers. Uh, Eventually, he finds work as a driver in Smithers, West Virginia, which is a little tiny town. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually, he starts his own trucking company hauling filter and coal. Classic. Do you know something really weird? Yeah, always While I was taking these notes earlier, I received a spam phone call from Smithers, West Virginia. I about lost my mind.
1: The phones are always listening.
0: They always I, know. I, I, what? <laughs> it was so bizarre. I get spam calls all the time and they are usually from somewhere. Because it's
1: in your West cloud. Virginia town. Yeah. It, you know, you're yeah. searching through things in your cloud and it goes
0: Yeah. Ping. But I
1: was yeah. I hated that. I got yeah. that phone call. I went absolutely not. <laughs> I get things from your like that you search if we're in the same area. Yeah. Like you bought an item for our dad. And then you started getting ads for it. And then a week later, I started getting ads for it. Yeah. And it's something I never would have looked at, Searched for,
0: yeah. So. Yep. Anyway, um, while he's in Smithers, he meets Jenny Capriani, Capriani, um, who is the storekeeper's daughter in town. Oh. Um, And she had also immigrated from Italy as a child. Um and they eventually get married. I couldn't find what year, but they eventually wow. get married. Wow.
1: <laughs> That's classic for our podcast.
0: Yeah. What year? Who knows? Who knows? Um They settle just outside of Fayetteville, West Virginia. Um they their house is built like a mile or two just outside of town, you know. Um and they have the first of their ten children. No thanks. In nineteen twenty three. That's too many children. It's too many. Yes, entirely too many. And uh, this is a, a quote I found that, uh, you know, George's business is prospering and he becomes, quote, one of the most respected middle class families around. Um, mm-hmm. In the words of one local official, I don't know who, but I saw that a couple <laughs> times is that he was very respected in his sure. community. Uh, so Fayetteville actually has a really large population of Italian immigrants. Mm hmm. Um, which means that, like, you know, they have a community there, right? But George has a lot of really unpopular opinions among the community, including his dislike of Mussolini. He does not well, like the man. Well, turns out, George, you were yeah. on the right side of that one, my guy. You, you sure were. But, <laughs> you know, all of the other Italians were like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Well, you, sure. you know? Um, so, like... You know, there is a community there and we'll talk more about this later, but I was reading something that was like, you know, because of that large Italian population, it was all like a very much a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours Mm kind of community. Mm -hmm. And so he was kind of at odds with a lot of people because of his outspoken disagreement. Sure. (laughs) You know, um. The last of the 10 solder children is born in 1943. So that woman has 10 children oh, in my 20 God. years. Oh, yeah. My... Um, that's a long time
1: to be having babies.
0: Yeah, 20 That's years. a really long
1: time to be having yeah.
0: babies. Oh my gosh. Um, And at this point, their second oldest son, Joe, is serving in World War II. But otherwise, all of the other children are at home. Mm, okay. Um, and you know, the next year Mussolini is deposed and executed as a part he of World sure War II. Is. Um, but his George's vocal criticisms of Mussolini made him really unpopular in that. Italian community, even after the fact. A lot well, of them sure. still believed in Mussolini even after he was executed, you know? Oh,
1: yep. Yep. we <laughs>
0: um, just gonna let that one go. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Yep. Um, in October of 1945, a life insurance salesman visits George and after it's like very clear that George will not be purchasing from this gentleman, mm-hmm. the salesman angrily tells George, quote, your house is going up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. You are going to be paid for the dirty remarks you have made been making about Mussolini.
1: Um, I just have to say that. This really makes me think of that episode of The Office when the insurance <laughs> salesman comes in and um, Dwight and Andy convince Michael that he's in the mob. Yeah. Um, and he's he's like, what if you have a fire in the warehouse? Who's going to pay for that? And they convince him that he that was him threatening to set the warehouse on fire. Yeah. They go out to lunch with him and everything. And he's Michael's like, I'll have the gabagool. <laughs> Andy pretends to be a mechanic. It's yeah. a
0: lie going on in that episode, but it's yeah. so good. But, like, that's so specific. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your house is going up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. So that's because cool. of this very specific
1: reason that we all clearly know about, including me, this insurance salesman that you probably maybe haven't even met before.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, but that's not the only, like, strange thing that happens leading up to Christmas of this year. And we'll get to that in a minute. But there are some other, like, odd things that the family notices. So, like, one day a man comes and he's, like, looking for work. You know, it's the 1940s. Sure. Um, and he's at the house and he's, like, you know, walking around the land and talking to George or whatever. And he comments that the fuse boxes would, quote, cause a fire someday. And George finds this specifically very odd because he had just had the house rewired. They had just installed an electric stove. And so they just updated the wiring in the entire house. And the electric company deemed it safe when he rewired the house. So it's not even like it was outdated. Yeah. Suspish. Um, I couldn't find a lot of specifics on this, but I saw it commented a couple times that, like, a couple of the older of the solder children had noticed, like, a strange car a couple times watching them leave school. Um, I guess it wasn't, like, so notable that they felt like they had to report that, but they did they notice the same car a couple mm-hmm. times, you know? Um. So... The Sauter family is celebrating Christmas Eve, 1945, at home. Nine of their ten children are there. So Joe is still at war, mm-hmm. but I'm going to list the other children and their na- their ages just for the sake of us all knowing. <laughs> yep. Um, so they have John, who's 23. Marion is 17. George Jr. is 16. Maurice is 14. Martha is 12. Louis is 9. Jenny is 8, Betty is 5, and Sylvia is 2. And like I said, Joe is still away at war, but everybody else is at home. At, like, about 10 p.m., some of the children who are still up ask their mom if they can stay up a little later for Christmas and play with their toys or whatever. And she agrees as long as they remember to finish up their chores before they go to bed. So they have to, like, take the cows and, like, a, you know, they live on a farm. I mean, it's Christmas. Come on, Mom. Come on, Mom. Um, uh, most of the older children are already asleep because they had been out working with their dad during the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, a couple of the kids stay up and Jenny takes baby Sylvia up to bed and leaves the children downstairs. At about 12.30 a.m., the phone rings and Jenny goes downstairs to answer it. Uh, the caller is a woman that Jenny doesn't recognize and she's asking for someone that she doesn't know. Uh, Jenny remembers hearing voices and glasses in the background and she says that the woman had a, quote, weird laugh Hmm. that, like, stuck with her for some reason. Uh, but the caller says that she called a wrong number and hangs up. Um, And while she's downstairs, Jenny notices that the lights are still on and the curtains aren't drawn. um, Which she thought was odd because when the kids stayed up past their parents, that's stuff they usually took care of. Like they usually made sure everything was shut up. Um, She notices that Marion is asleep on the couch, so she just assumes the rest of the children went upstairs to bed. So they shared two bedrooms in the attic, the rest Mm -hmm. of the children. Um, So she turns off all the lights, closes the curtains, goes back to bed.
1: I don't like that. Yep. Not one bit. My, listen, stuff in the middle of the night, I'm already, like, I would be so suspicious. My clock fell off my wall last night, and I thought someone was breaking into my house. Right. Because it was <laughs> like, a sound in the middle of the
0: night. Yeah. Well, it
1: wasn't even in the middle of the night. It was like, I don't know, 11? Like, uh-huh. it wasn't that late. It just fell unprompted, and I was
0: like, something's uh-huh.
1: not right here. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a ghost, but you know, <laughs>
0: that's that's a different conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, at about one a.m., so like a half an hour later, Jenny wakes up again to the sound of something hitting the mm-hmm. roof. It ain't Santa Claus, baby. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> Christmas is over. Um, she doesn't hear anything else. She listens for a minute and doesn't hear anything else, so she falls back asleep. Absolutely but then, like, not. Absolutely, I would I never be able to do that? Gotta investigate. Um but then like a half an hour later she wakes up smelling smoke. Um oh. she goes to check it out and she finds finds that George's office is on fire which is like n- near where the fuse box and the telephone uh-huh. line is. Um she wakes George up, he wakes the older children up, he sends his oldest to go upstairs and wake the younger children up as he's like gathering other people. Um, before they leave the house, I think they try to call the fire department, but their phone isn't working. Oh, boy. Uh, George, Jenny, the mother, not the child. Right. John, George Jr., Marion, and Sylvia all escape. Um, before getting out of the house, John had attempted to get up to the rest of the kids, but the staircase was already oh. on fire, so oh. he couldn't get up to the attic That's to get terrifying. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Um, when they're outside of the house, they yell for the kids to try and wake them up, but they don't get a response at all. And at this point, it's like the house is very on fire. Well, yeah. So it seems odd that they would still be asleep. Um, George climbs barefoot up the wall as best as he can, um, and breaks a window to try to get in to get to the children upstairs, and he cuts his arm in the process, Um, But he doesn't make it up. He then goes to where to get the ladder that they always leave in like the same spot up against the house. And he can't find the ladder anywhere. Like they search all around the house and can't find the ladder. Uh, They have like a rain drainage bucket that they're like, oh, there's water in that. We can use that. It's frozen solid. Of course. Because it's it's winter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, George then thinks he can drive his coal truck up next to the house and climb on top of it to use that to get up to the attic. Um, But neither of their cars will start, despite both having worked earlier that day. This is a
1: literal horror movie. Yeah,
0: it is. Like, this is what happens in, like, thriller movies. Yeah, they're like, oh, we'll try this. Doesn't work. Oh, we'll try this. Phone lines cut. Gas lines cut. Yeah. Ladder's been taken. Oh. Yeah. Um, Marion runs to a neighbor's house to call the fire department, but can't reach the operator a different neighbor who could, like, see the fire from their house also calls and can't get the operator. What but the heck kind of... Oh, okay. I know. <laughs> that, but We're going have neighbor, another conversation about emergency services in this country. Yeah, for real. That neighbor, though, goes into town to get oh. the fire chief when they can't get a hold of the operator. Um, so they get there, and they get a hold of the fire chief, but it's Christmas Eve, yeah. and the... It's a small town, so they're fire... It's a volunteer fire department, and they work on, like, right. a phone tree system. So I call you, you call the next person, we right. gather people up. But it's Christmas Eve, they can't get a hold of everybody. The fire chief... I read, like, couldn't drive the truck, which seems wild to me. Why are you the chief? What? What? But he had to, like, wait for someone to come. Oh, that and is get- absurd. Yeah. Um, and during all of this waiting... The house burns down in forty-five minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um Uh, the fire department is only two and a half miles away. But the fire the firemen don't get there until eight o'clock in the morning. The fire had finished burning by two AM.
1: Here's what I don't understand, right? If I'm the fire chief, okay, first of all, I should be able to drive the truck. But even if typically I do not right there is a house on fire it is 2 miles away what am i doing i'm getting in the truck anyway yeah. and driving to try to put out the fire it's an emergency like what are you doing mm-hmm. what are you doing when there's something on fire you don't just go well you know i can't get to, i can't get to it right now i know it's right over there like i could probably see it you know that yeah. close but uh it's just above my pay grade as Fire chief. Um. So I can't get there. Sorry. Like right.
0: what? What? Well, and it's what? not just that. It's like even if they had gotten there too late to save the house, they got there six uh, yes, hours the other thing. after the fire had stopped burning. I don't get it. I six don't understand hours. This. They could have walked
1: there in far less time. Yeah.
0: Somebody they walked, could have walked, get walked the there. fire chief.
1: Exactly. What took them so long to get there after that? Great question. They could have walked there to assess the damage. I don't understand. Uh, yeah.
0: This is absurd. Like, somebody from the next town over could have gotten there faster than yes. they did. Yes. And they should have contacted the next fire department from yes. the next city.
1: If they couldn't get a hold of their own people. Yeah. Well, but the, he should have just gotten in the truck. That, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, that's a, that's a stupid excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm about to start cursing because
0: I'm very upset. Yeah. But we don't curse on this podcast, so let's move on. <laughs> um... So when the fire department gets there, they begin searching through the ashes and what remains of the basement. So the house burnt, not all of the basement did. So it's like, you know, they're just searching through what's left. They don't find any bones, but the fire chief, Morris, feels confident that the remaining five children, Maurice, Martha, Lewis, Jenny, and Betty died in the fire.
1: Does he mm, yeah. does he feel confident? It's almost like he would have known had he been there sooner. Yeah. Mm. Does um, he feel confident about it? Tell me more about how much he
0: knows about the situation. <laughs> I hate this guy. Same. Uh he he claims that the fire was hot enough to burn their bodies completely, and that's why they didn't find any bones. Don't worry, we'll wrap back around to that. I mean, that's nonsense. Yeah, I'm yeah sorry. Yeah. That's nonsense. We'll come okay. back to that. Um The fire chief, Morris, tells George to leave the site undisturbed so that the state fire marshal can come and conduct a more thorough search. Um, But after four days, George and Jenny can't stand the sight of it anymore. And George bulldozes five feet of dirt over the site, um, and he intends to turn it into a memorial garden for his children.
1: That's this a is, mistake. This was I the that this was their
0: one wrong move. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a mistake.
0: I mean, I get it, but like, that's ooh, yeah, buddy. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, the coroner convenes an inquest, which holds that the fire was called was caused by faulty wiring. That's what they new wiring. Decided. Okay. Yeah, new faulty wiring. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. Um death certificates are issued for the five children on December 30th. Their funeral is held on January 2nd, 1946, and George and Jenny are too grief-stricken to attend. The rest Aww, of the kids go, sad. but they don't go. Yeah. Aww. Um but like obviously, very shortly after this, the family starts to question the official report about the fire because yeah. there is so much that does not make sense, right? Uh-huh. Um, they don't believe it was an electrical fire, obviously because of the new wiring, but also they remember seeing their Christmas lights still on while the fire was burning. And if it was an electrical fire, the power in the entire house would have gone out. Probably. Likely, yeah. Yeah. But they remember seeing lights on in the house while the fire was burning. Um... They find their missing ladder at the bottom of an embankment about, or an embankment. Yeah. (laughs) What the? Embankment. Yeah. At the bottom of an embankment about 75 feet away from the house. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they use that every day, so it seems unlikely it would end up there. Um, A telephone repairman tells the family that their phone line had not been burned through, but had been cut from the top of a 14-foot pole. Not cut Cut. at their house. Cut at the top of the pole. Yeah. And that's also wild to me because she was on the phone at 1230 in the morning. She was on the phone a half hour before the fire started. Yeah. So it would have had to be cut in that time. That's so interesting. I, okay, well, we can talk about that.
1: Yeah. When um, we get, loop back around to, I assume we're going to talk about Furies later. Yeah, so. we will. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: Some neighbors reported seeing a man steal a block and tackle. I don't super know what that is, but it's some kind of like pulley equipment system. Um, They see him stealing this near the property. Uh, That man is found and arrested for the theft. And when he is um, investigated, he admitted to cutting the phone line, claiming that he mistook it for a power line. But okay. Again, Sorry. Pause. <laughs> why were you trying to cut a power line? And why were you trying to cut a power line <laughs> at 1230 in the morning? Right. And or, or why, at, or you, why? Between 1230 and one, right? This is not a good excuse because yeah. like, still, what were you doing? Yeah. That's the question. Um, the block and tackle apparently had like nothing to do with the equipment he would have needed to get up the pole to cut it. So they still no. didn't know why he stole that, Um, that he denied any involvement in the fire. And George believes that this man may have used that equipment also to tamper with the car engine, because apparently that piece of equipment was used to, like, raise engines out of cars. Oh, sure. So they think that, he thinks that maybe that was also... That seems like a lot of effort, like, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And in such a short time frame. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Um, Jenny also did not believe that the children's bodies were completely burned in the fire. Obviously. Because to... um, they found household appliances and parts of their tin roof in the remains of the fire unburned. Oh my god. This fire chief is a joke. So she thinks they should have found bones too. Yeah. If, obviously. She herself burned animal bones to see if they would ever be completely consumed. And she always found remains. Like no matter what she tested. Yeah. Uh, she contacted a crematorium. And they told her that even... After a two thousand degree Fahrenheit fire that has burned for two hours, bones still remain.
1: Yeah, it takes quite a lot. Hot fire burning for a long time to completely burn through bone to the point where it becomes ash. ash. Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's not even like they found like fragments. Yeah, they didn't right? find. They anything. found nothing. Yeah, so. Ugh. Fire it fire would have had to be such an
0: idiot hotter than 2000 degrees because it only burned for 45 minutes.
1: Right. And, there, and
0: there's no way it was that unlikely. hot. They wouldn't have been able to be that close to it. George would not have been right. able to be climbing on the side of the building if it was that hot. Right. Yeah.
1: that Yeah. Ugh, what an idiot.
0: Yeah. Not George. The <laughs> yeah. fire chief. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this guy. He's my enemy. Mm-hmm. Um a bus driver who had been driving through Fayetteville on Christmas Eve also tells the family that he had seen someone throwing quote balls of fire at the house that what? night. <laughs> yeah. Um and That's crazy. in the spring after the snow had melted, the family finds small a small rubber green object that George thinks was a pineapple bomb, which is a type of hand grenade, uh-huh. um in the bushes outside of their house. Interesting. So they think that maybe that could have been what they were throwing. If if he really did see someone, that might have been what mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. So obviously, at this point, the family are convinced that the fire had been set intentionally and that the children did not die in the fire and had likely been kidnapped before the fire had started. Mm -hmm. because
1: I have I have opinions on the kidnapping but we can yeah it
0: seems unlikely that the kids were in the house at all because they had been calling to them they found no remains of the children you know what I mean yeah um one woman claimed to have seen the children in a car passing by as the fire was happening um another woman at a rest stop, a rest stop between Fayetteville and Charleston West Virginia said that she believes that she served the children breakfast right. on Christmas morning I'm remembering um, this detail now. <laughs> and saw yeah. them leave in a, cl- a car with Florida license plates. Now, I'm telling you this in the most chronological order I can, but so many of these details came in a lot longer after the fact, and so it's right. it's hard to tell if, it, if people really did see what they saw, if they really well, did see they the children, didn't,
1: you know. They kind of didn't start giving that information until it became clear that the family was looking for information. exactly
0: Because they wouldn't have known to... Come forward to, to pay and attention. Say, I to saw that. this or that. Uh, yeah, right. um, and, and you know the family wasn't able to start question, questioning things until at least half a year after the fire. Fu- you know what I mean? It didn't. Sure. They didn't start collecting evidence that something was really wrong here until at, way after the fire. Um, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but it is it is suspicious. <laughs> right. Um, uh, a woman at a Charleston hotel. Saw the children's photos in a newspaper and said that she had seen four of the five uh, a week after the fire in Charleston, which would match up with that woman between Fayetteville and Charleston uh-huh. saying she had seen them. You know, served them breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a quote from that woman who worked at the hotel. Uh, the children were accompanied by two women and two men, all of Italian extraction, which is a great way <laughs> Weird to say about it. Yeah, why? Yeah. Um, I do not remember the exact date. However, the entire party did register at the hotel and stayed in a large room with several beds. They registered about midnight. I tried to talk to the children in a friendly manner, but the the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. He turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, and so I said nothing more. They left early the next morning so interesting um mm-hmm. okay <laughs> just, just gathering like taking the facts. notes yeah, yeah yeah just
1: taking notes in my little handy
0: dandy notebook you putting know. it all together mm-hmm. um the family decides to hire a private detective from the nearby nearby town of golly bridge whose name is cc C. tinsley an which- icon in the in the
1: Whole world of Unsolved. It was just a great detective C. C. name. Tinsley, it it's is. such a good
0: detective name for the 40s. Hey, I'm CC I'm Tinsley. See? Yeah, Jeez exactly. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> um he discovers that one of the members of the jury for the coroner's inquest was the life insurance salesman who had threatened George in the months before the fire.
1: Oh, I really wanted
0: to yell when you said that. Yeah. Mmm. <sighs> <laughs> He also discovers that Morris, the fire chief, had told a local minister that he had found a heart at the site of the fire and buried uh, it near the site of the fire. Well, uh, 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 yeah. Okay.
1: Um. Oh, it's about to get weirder. It's about to get weirder. things. Wait, just several things uh-huh. about that. <clears throat> First of all, um, how do you find just a heart and nothing else? Uh-huh. Secondly, how do you discreetly retrieve a heart and then bury it nearby? Because almost certainly other people would have been like, when did he find it? Did he go back there by himself and find it? And third, just why would you, if your intention was to remove it and bury it, why would you do it like nearby? I have so many questions about this particular claim, and I think it is nonsense. Yes, oh, I agree. It's about to get weird. It didn't though. happen. It's about to get weird. Well, yeah, I know. I just, we had to discuss that
0: before we could move on to the next weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, George asks the minister, and he confirms that he was told that, and George convinces Morris to show them where he buried the heart, and they dig it up. That's insane. They take it to a funeral director who examines it and tells them, it's not a heart. It's a beef liver that had never been exposed to fire. So not only is Why? it not a heart, not only is Why? it not a heart, there's no way he even found it and mistook it in the ash because it had never been exposed to fire.
1: All right. How how would it have gotten there? Why would it be there? Yeah. Why did he do this? Why? I The motivation is so, it's mysterious to me because like, if you're going to claim, oh no, we found nothing, you know, we found nothing here at all. Mm-hmm. Why would you go through all this trouble to then-
0: have this fate. I don't understand. It's so, so absurd. So here's what he claims. Because he he later admits that he buried the liver and it wasn't. Well, obviously to the fire. he told him where it was. Right. Um, he claims that he hoped it would convince the Sodders that the children had died in the fire to give them some kind of evidence <gasps> to so that they would stop but investigating the But he didn't tell them on. about no, it he when didn't. he did
1: it. No. So that's also nonsense. Yeah. Like what are you saying, uh-huh. huh? <laughs> Cannot, couldn't agree more, Anna. I have never wanted to curse more in an episode than I do in this one right now, and that's saying something. Yeah.
0: <sighs> it's completely nonsensical. So, George, in all of this investigation, writes to the FBI... To try to convince them to investigate what they believe to be a kidnapping, right? And, by the way, I think, a cover-up. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> of a kidnapping, yeah. Right. Um, J. Edgar Hoover personally writes back to George. And, gosh, Ugh, we have mentioned... this guy. We have this mentioned... guy. He comes up a lot, and I haven't <sighs> done an episode on him yet, and it's just because I... It's a lot of...
1: It's, it's, a, it's a bit
0: of a beast. I am fascinated episode. by him, but he is... The worst. The worst. Okay, anyway. Um, so Hoover personally writes back to him and says, uh, quote, Although I would like to be of service, the matter related mm-hmm. appears to be of local character and does not come within the investigative jurisdiction of this Bureau. If the local authorities requested the Bureau's assistance, he added, he would, of course, direct agents to assist. So he says, if your local authorities want our help, we, I am agreeing to send... Agents, but the, Fayette, but the Fayetteville Police and Fire Departments decline to do so. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. So Hoover says, I will send you agents. And they say, no, we don't want yeah. you to do
1: that. Well, because in their minds, it's like case closed, mm-hmm. you know. So this is, the, oh, this is classic. Yeah. This is, ooh, typical. Listen, you know, listener, if you're not American, I'm not sure you understand how absolutely typical this is. <laughs> For our particular justice system, mm-hmm. or lock thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, that sounds about right to yeah. me.
0: So, in August of 1949, George convinces a pathologist out of D.C. to search the dirt at the site of the fire. So to do, like, a good excavation there. Um, the site is ex... ex-, ex- whoa. Nope, nope, whoa.
1: nope.
0: <laughs> I have it. The site it's is excavated. Excavated. I had yep. the word <laughs> a minute ago. I said it seconds ago. Um, <laughs> and they find several uh, small pieces of human vertebrae. Uh, the bones are investigated by a specialist at the Smithsonian. He determines that the bones are all from the same person. And based on, like, how the bones fuse at certain ages... He determines Mm -hmm. that they would have had to be probably about 16 or 17 years old at the time of death and no older than 22 based on like the bones that the way that they, you know what I mean? Um, And they also determined that the bones had never been exposed to flame. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, we'll get there. The oldest of the missing children was 14 at the time. So it makes right, it very right. unlikely that those bones would have come from any of the children. It's a very... I mean, there's a small possibility... It could have come from the 14-year-old. There's a small like, possibility it could have been the 14-year-old because based on, like, how males' bones mature... Yeah. If yeah. he was advanced, it could have been from him. But sure. the lack of exposure to flame also adds to Big it being red flag. very unlikely. Right. Um... So then you might be asking, well, then where did the bones come from? Mm-hmm. Um, it's believed that the fragments were probably in the dirt that George had used to bulldoze the site.
1: Okay, now that's interesting because now you're introducing an entirely new unsolved thing. Because <laughs> well, why
0: Why were they there? Well, um, the, it's, you know, through investigation, speculation, whatever, believed that that dirt might have been old dirt from a grave site. Um. Okay. So that, like, okay. you know, in reburying someone or digging up a grave or whatever, it had come from that. Or,
1: like, when the, yeah, okay, like, when the land was plotted, maybe they used dirt from a grave. Okay. Exactly.
0: Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. um uh, a- a- Also, apparently, Tinsley tracked down those bones to a nearby grave site, but there's no, like, n- backing up that no claim. It's just another sure. bit of the story, you know what I mean? Um, The Smithsonian records say that the bones were retor- returned to George in 1949, but their whereabouts are currently unknown. Hmm, because at the time there was no DNA testing, but we could right. now we test could now those test those bones, them. Um, but we don't know where they are. We don't know what he did. But with what them. I mean, well, I was going to say,
1: what would we test them against? I guess, but
0: the family's DNA, maybe.
1: I mean, if anybody were willing to give it.
0: It, of the Sodders? yeah, they would, based I on mean, yeah, maybe yeah. Um, so after that bit of investigation, and because it had this case has received some national attention at this point in 1950, the West Virginia State Legislature holds two hearings about the case, and the West Virginia Governor Okey L Patterson, good old Okey, let's let's just I need to pause <laughs> for one minute and i need to talk about how um so many officials in our state have <laughs> fake names just fake sounding names this gentleman sound like they're from west virginia that's for sure this gentleman's name was oki our current yeah. governor's name is jim justice that's not a real name that's a supervillain name that's He's a supervillain name our and senator and former governor's name is joe Manchin. also not a real yep. name also a supervillain name What's and happening Robert's, to us?
1: And Robert C. Bird is all, yeah. all
0: over our state. Yeah. That's yeah. none of that's real. Sorry, I had to go <laughs> on a very small rant.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all very Appalachian names.
0: Yeah, also I need you to know that Oki is not spelled like O A K, it's O K E Y, like you spelled okay in the worst way incorrectly. Possible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um Oki Patterson O-K-E. calls <laughs> calls the case quote hopeless. And officially closes it at the state level. Cool. Uh, the FBI, Good work, Oak. Yeah. The FBI takes it on as an interstate, a possible interstate kidnapping, um, but mm-hmm. drops the case after two years because all of their leads dry up and they don't yeah. really find anything. Um, so that's sort of the end of any official s- search investigation and investigation into the belief that it wasn't uh electrical fire but the family continues their search because they are sure that those kids are alive somewhere um every time that the family receives a tip that the children have been spotted out of state george personally travels to investigate it so i could there are lots of stories but like he goes to new york texas st louis florida like everywhere uh, anytime there's like a picture of the kid, or someone tells a story that so and so told me that they were this person, and he he drops everything and goes to follow up the leads, but he never finds anything. Mm-hmm. In 1952, they very famously put up a billboard at the site of their house and another one on route 19 through Fayetteville with pictures of the kids and an offer for a $5,000 reward which later would be up to a $10,000 reward for any information that would settle the case. And um you can look up pictures of this billboard. I have one pulled up because I wanted to read what was written on the billboard but I didn't want to type it all out from the picture. Sure. <laughs> um so it's uh, a, a pictures of the five children, their names and ages underneath. And it says, after 30 years, it's not too late to investigate. Um, And this picture I'm looking at is the one that's on the site of their house. The one that was on the road was shorter than this. But this says, on Christmas Eve, 1945, our home was set afire and five of our children, ages five through 14, kid- kidnapped. The officials claimed detect- defective wiring although lights were still burning after the fire started the official report stated that the children died in the fire however no bones were found at the in the residue and there was no smell of burning flesh at during or after the fire that's also telling because it does it's a very distinct and strong smell yes um what was the motive of the law officers involved what did they have to gain it by making us suffer after all these years of injustice why did they lie and force us to accept those lies and that was that was up for a long long time yeah um, it became like kind of a tourist thing, driving through Fayetteville to see that. Yeah, cardboard. it doesn't. You say billboard, but it it kind of looks more like um like a monument. Well, that, the way that it's made, that one I just read was the monument at the house. There right. was also so, a billboard with about half of that information up on yeah, Route 19 right. that you could drive by, and that yeah. one is very famous. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought the way that they worded the story on there was interesting, oh, yeah, From, they said people covered this up help us figure yeah, it out. They, their, <laughs> yeah their their perspective on it, you know they pulled no punches no, um, so you know, they spend several years following up leads when they can um, and they don't really find anything but then a very compelling and interesting piece of evidence, I guess comes in nineteen sixty seven when Janine receives a letter addressed to nope, her. I'm sorry. You Jenny. said Janine. Yeah, <laughs> Jenny receives a letter addressed to her postmarked in Central City, Kentucky with no return address. Um, all that was inside was a picture of a man in, who would have been in his late 20s, maybe early 30s, whose features strongly resembled Lewis's. And it looks like what Lewis probably would have looked like by that time at that age. Mm-hmm. On the back of the picture was written, quote, Lewis Sauter, I love brother Frankie, Lil Boys, A90132, or 35. What? Sure. What? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, The family hires an investigator to go to Central City to investigate. Um, Because at this point, the parents are getting up there in age. It's a little harder for them to go and chase after every lead. Um, But the investigator never reports back, and they are never able to locate him again. Wow. What a... Mm. Wow. Um, That
1: person sucks. Yeah. Or that person
0: disappeared in his Uh, investigation. It sounds
1: more to me like he took their money and ran. Yeah. You know.
0: Um, They also add this picture to the billboard. That's how strongly they believe that it would be him. And if you look at them next to each other, they do, it's... Sure, they look similar, but again, this is one of those
1: things where it's like could also very easily be a hoax,
0: yeah, um, especially
1: now that the case is well known and
0: yeah, I will rack back around to the message of that when we talk more about theories later, sure um so George dies in nineteen sixty nine when we went to the moon when, oh yeah. I fully didn't even think about that the whole time I was doing this. I, I was going to take that. a sip
1: of my drink. I waited until you said Excellent. that.
0: Excellent. Um, FYI. The family continues the search after he dies. Um, Jenny wears black in mourning for the rest of her life. And she... Oh, just like Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm, she tends to the garden on the side of the house for the rest of her life. Uh, she dies in 1989. And the remaining children continue the search. Um... But they took the billboard down after her death because it was sure. it had been up for it's painful for them. I'm sure. Yeah, and it had been up for gosh, nearly thirty years at that point. Right. So, it, and it was you know out of date and yeah. Um. So Sylvia, who was two at the time of the fire, of the fire, um, was the last of the solder children alive, and she died in April of this year. Wow, isn't that wild? Yeah. Um, her children and some of the other Sodder descendants still continue the search, which is why I said they would probably consent to a DNA because they are still looking. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I went back and watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved video about this and they mentioned that Sylvia was the last surviving Sodder child. And then when I went to read about it, I found that she died this year.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um, and she was two at the time, which means it is likely that if the children had survived the fire, most of them are probably also dead by now. Probably.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's,
0: the younger ones, it's possible that they're, cause they were like, yeah. there was like a six year old, a four year old. They, they might still be alive, but it's yeah. unlikely. I just, mm-hmm. okay. Keep going. <laughs> um. So so that's sort of the story at large, right? And I don't have a lot of crazy theories about this. There are a couple of, like, details I want to discuss. But at large, the leading theory is that George's comments about Mussolini upset the mm-hmm. small Italian mafia presence in Fayetteville. Um, It's believed that they kidnapped the children while they were out doing their chores before bed on yep. Christmas Eve. That they had the phone line cut, they tampered with the car, they stole the ladder, and they used hand grenades to set the house on fire. That's yeah, the leading the the leading theory. Um, yeah, uh, I was reading, so I'm going to talk more about a couple of theories from the uh, website websleuths.com um, oh, yeah. because that's where the the search continues on there. Um, people still post theories and are looking for evidence and are searching through the Library of Congress for pictures that George investigated, like all kinds of stuff, you know? Um, and I did some reading on some of the threads. Um, and one thing I was reading was about, was from someone who said they are from Fayetteville and that their grandparents remembered this story and remembered Mm -hmm. hearing about it. And that their grandparents were talking about how it wasn't, like, mafia in the way that you think of mafia. Um, Mm, It was more like what I was talking about earlier, that you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and we'll just get a monopoly on this town.
1: Yeah, And that
0: George, not only, it wasn't just his comments about Mussolini, it was also that he refused to participate in that, like, economy. Yeah. And that could have also set him on edge. That
1: was my thought. Yes. You know, when you said that, that's kind of what I pictured. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not like, you know, the mob.
0: Yeah. You know. Um, but then I was also reading that her that person's grandparents um speculated or had heard rumors or whatever that George's family at home had connections with Mussolini and that's maybe why he left Italy.
1: Oh, sure, that's a possibility. Um, or at least that they supported him in a way that he didn't approve of. Yes.
0: Um, That's interesting. And uh, a lot of the people who were frustrated with him were worried that he was going to um, raise his family without, like, Italian values because of his...
1: Yeah, because Mussolini so deeply represents Italian values. Right.
0: (laughs) Um, So then this person on WebSleuth said that their family had heard that... Janine's family also... No, you did it again. Her name is Jenny. (laughs) Um, That Jenny's family also, you know, had that belief of Italian values or whatever and had heard people planning to set the house on fire and that Mm. they had taken the children... To save them from the fire and to okay. raise them with those traditional values. And that she had relatives in Florida, so it's possible that they took them and ran off to Florida.
1: Now that's interesting. Isn't it very it, interesting? It makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. However, you would think if that were the case, they would have made sure not to leave any of the children behind. Yes, I
0: do agree with that. That's my, so, my major...
1: And they would have been able to, like, easily get into the house to get the other kids out because they would know the house, they know the kids, it's not really a risk to kind of sneak in and say, hey, come on, we're gonna take, like, we're gonna take you out for, like, a Christmas surprise, like, your parents know. You know, there Mm -hmm. there are ways they could have gotten them out of the house and they probably would have done that if their intention was to save the children,
0: they probably wouldn't have risked leaving any of them behind. Yes. I will say the ones that survived... It does make sense to me that if they would have left any children behind, it would have been those ones because Sylvia well, was the wha- in the room with her parents, so it would have been that hard one to get I her understand. Out. And then yes. um, the two oldest boys were both adults at that point.
1: But the other one was asleep on the couch. That one I don't get. Why yeah, would see, they leave her there? I, yeah, I don't and get if that they're one. going in to get her, why wouldn't they then go tell the other boys like, come, come on, we're, we're going somewhere. Or you're, you know, you're coming with us. Yeah. Like, that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, it's a good theory because the, you know, stopping in Charleston, the, Florida you know, license th- place. they never pop up again. Yeah. Maybe they raise these kids and teach them, like, no, 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 that never, ha- that was not your life, you know, because they're all kind of young enough. I mean, 14 is a little old for that, but it's possible mm-hmm. that you could, you know, alter their memory of who they were before. Mm-hmm. So that part would make sense to me Mm -hmm. as to how they were never found Mm -hmm. um, or never made themselves known. Yes. But there are holes in that that are
0: pretty you know,
1: pretty deep. Mm-hmm.
0: But I just found that very interesting, interesting from somebody who, you know, you know, it's the internet, but I believe that that person said, you know, my grandparents lived in Fayetteville and oh yeah, that, like that I find interesting because those people would have lived through and heard all those rumors around town and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, this is something that like, I, I don't, I don't really believe it, but I do find it very interesting Um, Somebody on that same thread posed that um, maybe it wasn't a mafia hit, it was a KKK hit. Um, because
1: the now Klan, see that's
0: possible. Yeah. The clan
1: was very active in that area, and the clan was the not time. just
0: against black people; they wanted no. to get rid of all ethnic minorities, right? Um, and also, a, just a detail that I found interesting was that the clan was founded on um Christmas Eve, and so they all of, mm. often put out hits on Christmas Eve to like celebrate the founding point. of the clan. Um, there's not much evidence outside of that. I just found the theory to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not far-fetched. No, it's not. At all, uh, to think that that would happen there, at that time, to mm-hmm. these, this type of family. It's not, it's not as strong for me as the idea that, like, this Italian community kind of conspired together.
0: Mm-hmm. And it would also explain why, like... The police and the fire department gave uh, up exactly. on it pretty easily because they had exactly. hands in those pies, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like That's exactly it makes what sense that say. the town itself, besides the people who came forward and said, hey, I saw this thing, hey, I heard this thing. It makes yeah. sense why the town would sort of give up on that threat of the children yeah. being somewhere pretty easily. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: For me, the um The kidnapping is the real hang-up there because I see why some of the kids would have been left behind if this were the case. Somebody was coming to, like, take the kids away as part of the plot. They would just take the ones that are outside doing their chores that they can get to. Especially if- It's a a little iffy. It it seems like it happened pretty fast. But that's the thing, okay? That's my other Mm hang-up, right? It seems like it happened pretty fast. Don't you think, now we don't know, but don't you think, logically, they live on a farm, they're doing their chores on the farm, don't you think maybe they'd be scattered about the area? Like, not all of them would be together in one place, so it seems like it would take a while to, like... Round them up, kidnap them. Seems a little far fetched to think that maybe one of the older ones didn't go. Oh my God, somebody's trying to take my sibling and like try to run into the house mm-hmm. and make noise and wake up their
0: parents. But that, it does like, also alert them. seem like based on the number of um, tasks that needed to occur to set the fire, it does seem like a lot of people seem to be involved. You know? Yeah,
1: but but again, that is more of a reason that I think one of the kids might have noticed and gone, hey. What are these people doing to our house? Mm-hmm. And how do I like alert someone and in the unless house? Unless one of the older I-
0: ones got got first,
1: I guess. But uh, you would think the little ones might cry or scream, or you know, it's just like it's so strange to me. Mm-hmm. I, and that's the part that I'm so hung up on because I don't believe they were in the house, but I also don't know how they pull off this kidnapping. See, I can, I can, I can logic
0: out the kidnapping. It seems,
1: I can, I can. can. it just doesn't seem likely. Yeah. It
0: seems like there were so many things that probably would have happened. And but maybe it's just think that the they weren't loud off. enough. You know, like, I don't think they just wandered off into the woods in the middle of the night. No,
1: no, 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 no. I don't think so either, because they would have come back or found a way to make themselves known. Mm-hmm. I. But this is the thing for me. It's just, like, there. it was such a short amount of time that so many things had to happen that even with a large group of people doing it, frankly, a larger group of people makes it more obvious mm-hmm. and therefore harder to get away with. So, like, I don't know.
0: It's just very... Man, mm-hmm. it, it's complicated. Um, I had one last little thing I wanted to talk about that's not a, okay. a huge theory, but it's um, about the Lewis picture um, and what okay. the writing on the back of that picture might mean. Yes. Um, I was reading uh, through that web sluice, and I was also reading on the comments of the BuzzFeed Unsolved video um, and people were discussing because I haven't really seen anyone analyze what the heck any of that means Mm -hmm. um and so some of the things i saw was um some people think that the a 90132 might be um a license plate number that he remembered from when they were taken um i saw some people say that um it might be part of an area code so the a is for area and then the rest is the area code of where he was um I saw some people say that the lil boys it's spelled l l i l. Some people mm-hmm. think that that first l might be uh actually an uppercase i and that it's ill as in Illinois mm, interesting um which might have something to do with that. I also saw some people think that that or thirty five might have been um like a latitude number. So like somebody trying to give a location through those clues. So for
1: me, when you were talking about the license plate, the or 35 made more sense to me because it was like maybe he couldn't remember. It was either 32, 32 or, or 35. 35. I can't yes, remember. Yes, I yet. agree with
0: that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's... I again, find though, that message odd. to be so interesting and I can't believe I can't find more people analyzing it.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised by that. Um, because it does seem like the type of thing and like a case like this that would be really um,
0: heavily analyzed. Mm
1: -hmm. I also don't understand
0: I love brother Frankie because none of the children are named Frankie. Yeah, but do you think maybe that's a hint
1: as to who it might have been? if the, if this was in fact from that person maybe that's somebody in town that ah. they they you know were suspicious
0: about or that lewis was trying like that. to say that it was brother frankie or whatever right interesting or, somebody
1: in the church that maybe they would have called brother frankie or you know, maybe a message like about
0: whoever he's with you know if it's come find sure. me maybe it's a hint yeah. for whoever he's with i just find that to be so interesting because but again, of it's how like, compelling the picture is. Again, though, it's like
1: at this point in time when she receives this, mm-hmm.
0: what is the point of being cryptic or hiding? You're an adult. Maybe there, maybe there's still a mafia presence around them, threatening them. Maybe, threatening the but you know, I I feel like at that point, it's like
1: go to the news, mm-hmm. right? Go to authorities somewhere else Mm -hmm. where they might actually help you. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in another state, they would probably help you. Mm -hmm. There's less of a threat there. So I just don't understand why... If that had come shortly after, I would would feel like it had more credibility to actually be from one of the children. Mm -hmm. Based on the time that it came kind of makes me feel like it's a hoax maybe that's just my like um anastasia romanoff like mm-hmm. feel do you know what i mean because yes. like- i also
0: think you know maybe it's possible that if we're talking italian mafia and now i'm just speculating but like you know because he supposedly got raised up in that maybe something happened to him and someone else was trying to get a message out like here he is come maybe. help us through this i don't know yeah maybe I, again though
1: i just feel like it's kind of I, I, too many i've seen too many missing person cases to think that something like that is legitimate like to me it looks like someone trying to hone in on the case for attention or fame sure and it just wasn't successful sure that's what it looks like i just am
0: i am wildly interested in that message on the back and the fact that i couldn't really find i'm very surprised more people haven't been
1: speculating And you know maybe if i do
0: more digging i could find it but i just like assumed that would be something i would like see in the wikipedia you know usually with stuff like that they they say oh here's what people think this might mean but like nothing i didn't find anything it was just
1: already debunked or something and you couldn't find where that happened i don't know i don't know who knows? It's a, this is a tough one. I have... Oh, man. There's so many mm-hmm. unsolved stuff, man.
0: It really... This one I find interesting because it, it... They had some pretty convincing evidence that it wasn't an accident. Not to who it was, but that it wasn't an accident. Oh, it
1: certainly was not an accident. But just
0: the fact that, like... Whoever did it probably was pretty high up in the town to the point where nobody was ever able to give him that, credibility. Like that kind of breaks. My it heart, does not. You know? It
1: yeah. It's sad. It does not seem far fetched to me though. No, no, no. At all. Yeah. This seems pretty. Yeah. It just see. It, it, it makes
0: me sad that it's an unsolved case because he does have like enough. They they had enough evidence to get something going if the right people had been on their sides. You know what I mean. Right. But that's the case for a lot of people yeah. in a lot of these cases.
1: Yeah. Past and present, mm-hmm. that's the case for a lot of people in missing persons cases. Yeah. I mean, wow. Crazy. That was a good
0: one. Thanks. It was good very episode. interesting. I was just, I've been in an unsolved mystery. Yeah, I get man. it. Hey,
1: you don't have to tell mm-hmm. me about that because you know I'm watching true crime all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm so, I would love to hear if our listeners have theories yeah. or what they think. Cause what I, cause um, you know, a
0: lot of the times we miss stuff in this podcast, but this is a pretty small case and what I've presented is pretty much everything I could find. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there's stuff I missed, but for the most part, like this is the case. This is what they've got. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: So tell us your, tell us your theories, mm-hmm. your thoughts, your feelings. Um... If you have other questions or comments, et cetera, et cetera, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. Hey, do you have have weird stories about your family history? Do you want to share them with us? Mm -hmm. Email them to us. We would love to read them out on the podcast if that's something you're interested in. Um, We still don't have a name for that segment that we thought up a while ago. Um, We really need some suggestions. Yeah. We're bad at naming uh-huh. things. Um, so, that too, we would take. Um, you can also tweet us at RTTPod. Pod. Um, you can find us on Facebook if you search the name of the podcast. Um, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you want to find me on the internet, I am at The Real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Excellent. I don't know what we're going to do next time. Haven't thought about it. Yep. Um, but that's pretty, again, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. For us. Consistent episode for us. uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty standard. Yeah. Well, Um, so. Until next time. Remember that time.